Here we go. This is Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston. I'm a co-host over here, and the other co-host is Mr. Charles Chuck Thompson. Charlie, how are you doing today? We have a whole slew of co-hosts. I know. This. In fact, I just unmuted their channel. I realized I can't mute the entire thing. Oh, so to keep them from recording. Just yeah. <laughs> I can't mute you. Hey, other co-hosts, how how's liber- it going? How libertarian is that? Any other co-hosts want to chime in and say what's up? Good job, everyone. I like that they're being polite, at least. Oh, <laughs> oh there was one. We got We've one. got a few of us in here. What's going on, guys? Hey, there we what's go. up, man? There. Someone came in. Okay, so we are doing Dumb Bleep of the Year. This is live this is with why the, we do it. Live with the live group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and for the first time ever. The winner gets a trophy sent to now the person who actually threw out this dumb bleep idea which i have gone all the way back through the dumb bleep channel and figured out who threw out these ideas i have that figured out and uh, whoever actually wins it will get a trophy as well so we're going to do two trophies one to the person who uh, gave this idea to the group and one who said the dumbest thing for the year of our lord 2022 there we go all right now we're going to do this a little bit different because normally we don't have a live group here where they can speak when they when they want to it must be very powerful for them that they can come in and chime in and just <laughs> throw us off at any at any time yeah that's great we got four we're down to the final four usually they're hiding behind a keyboard yes you know keyboard warrioring. throwing out their hatred <laughs> uh and behind a keyboard but now their full voice listen here for the world to hear charlie we're starting with the one that you were here for okay all right. And then all the rest of them. Oh, yeah. I do remember this. We'll one. see how it goes. All right. Don't believe number one. This is from uh, Joe Luhaman. This is a rando, by the way, that made it all the way into Dumbly. But you see, everybody has a chance. Everybody has a chance. You know, equal opportunity, dumb bleeping over here. This was tweeted out in May. Uh, she said, I would wrap this. So this is probably right after the Supreme Court decision. Uh, probably, yeah. Yeah. She tweeted and said, I would rather get an abortion than have a brown child who ends up being adopted by white evangelicals. It is not a kindness to children of the global majority to give them to people who will traumatize them with self and ancestral hatred. And abortion is an act of love. It's the same thing as love. Same, same. Mm. Okay. In fact, I saw that in, in uh, Deuteronomy. <laughs> 18 verse 28 there's a lot of stuff going on in there from joe um you could start with uh okay it's a little bit weird that you'd rather kill a child than have them grow up with a white family right just let's get that out in the open a brown child a brown child this specifically yeah because you don't want them to grow up with ancestral hatred now flip side of that totally fine apparently with white families their kids that grow up with ancestral hatred you're literally saying that they are so terrible it's better for people to die than to grow up with them so that's one thing another strange thing is like it's a it's a brown kid who's going to grow up with a white family so is he also so then he's just they're just creating more uncle toms exactly i think is the problem you can't have those and they're going to be traumatized you know what isn't traumatizing killing death <laughs> it's not traumatizing no. At all. Better t- to have died. Okay, w- listen, this doesn't My stop right here. My favorite part is the last part, though. <laughs> An abortion 
is an act of love. It's very loving. Come on. Mm-hmm. Matt Walsh got involved in this. That's how it hit our radar. He responds and says, I'd rather my child be dead than raised by a race I despise. These are the sorts of things these goblins are willing to actually say out loud. We are fighting against pure, unadulterated, unadulterated evil. And so Joe responds to Matt and said, I said white evangelicals. That's not a race, Matt. <laughs> Wait a minute. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Whoever Hang just on. seems kind of off, right? Yeah, yeah, so I'm sorry to it's, kind of barge in, but um, this is just disgusting, right? You know, they're talking about races left and right, but I mean, really all it comes down to is indoctrinating someone with an ideology that you don't like. That's true. I don't think it's disgusting at all. <laughs> there's <laughs> yeah, nothing There's nothing totally I like fine. more than killing babies, you know? I like she, She's like, I said white evangelicals. That's not a race. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you say white? Yeah. And... I mean, we brought this up uh, the first time we talked about it, but is it the evangelical part or is it the white part? Which one Which one do you guys think, if anyone wants to chime in on that? Is it, uh, well, which I think, one? I think she's saying that like white atheists are fine. Oh, okay, I got you. Yeah, specifically the evangelicals who are white, because if you're a black evangelical, you're probably fine. Okay, Yeah, I got you. What do you guys think? Is it the whiteness or the evangelicalness, which is a word? Because I said both. it. Both. It's got to be both, right? It's a combination. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. It has this exponential yeah, effect. Both. I got you. Okay. Well, this is Dumb Bleat number one. I don't remember what month this was from. May? That's right. So this was Q2. This made it here, right? And is, I, I guess she is. she looks in her picture to not be completely white. Oh, great, Charlie. In her now picture. That that's something that you care about. In her picture. That's awesome. I don't... Well, she said, I'd rather have a, I'd rather get an abortion than have a brown child. Capitalize brown, by the way. Uh, have a brown child who ends up being adopted by white evangelicals. One, why is your brown child going to be, end up being adopted by white, I don't, this is a mess. Let's go on to Don't Leap number two, because it's pretty bad too. That's number one. There's only going to be four now we have made it to Jan 6, the anniversary of Jan 6. Very tough yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Tough time out there for everyone. Can we have a moment of silence before? Well, we get a moment of silence in this video. Good. Thank God. Yeah. So here we go. Okay, everyone, hold on. Stop yelling at me. But yes, I did forget to switch it over to the soundboard. Okay, it's fine. Certain dates echo throughout history, including dates that instantly remind all who have lived through them where they were and what they were doing when our democracy came under assault. (laughs) Dates that occupy not only a place on our calendars, but a place in our collective memory. December 7th, 1941, September 11th, 2001, and January 6th, 2021. On that day, I was not only vice president-elect. Okay, that's part one of Don't Believe number two. Yeah. Of those three dates, 
Now, you probably don't remember what happened, uh, what you were doing when Pearl Harbor was attacked by my mm, grandparents. No. I just know it's a day that will live in infamy. Yeah. You know that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, 9-11, you remember that day specifically, right? I do. <clears throat> now, there is a particular reason that we remember January 6th, and that's because we recorded a live episode on January 6th, <laughs> and I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> okay. So I remember what I was doing when this happened. But I don't think they're the same. I don't think they're the same thing. I'm just as traumatized, though, as I was, mm-hmm. you know, when the terrorists. Very traumatizing. Yeah. I watched some videos, actually. I was going to cut up some videos and play the similarities between the different dates. I didn't quite have time yeah. to, uh, to do that. But I watched some videos of 9-11 specifically. And I tell you what, those videos of uh, the the people with the flagpoles and stuff and taking selfies, way worse than watching people literally jump out of windows to their deaths. Pretty bad. On 9-11. Or, or, or actually, I remember watching on the news, I remember watching like a thousand people die right there. You ever watched live a thousand people die in the span of like 30 seconds? That's basically like January 6th. I mean, much. a Congress member under attack is the same thing as a thousand people dying. And so. to them, here's the problem. It kind of is. It's worse because you're talking about their power right here. You're talking about the potential that their cathedral, their church was overrun and their power was questioned. Mm. I'm not saying the people who, who rioted were correct or whatever. Uh, but their their power was questioned that day, and that's about the most dangerous thing that they can think of. If anyone else has something on this clip before we move on, but there are multiple pieces in this one. I'm also just surprised that she didn't list uh, George Floyd's death in there, too. <laughs> yeah. That would be a big one, too. I, re- I remember where, where I was on that day, right? Uh, let's hear what President Joseph R. Biden also had to say this, this day. sacred effort. Jill and I have mourned police officers in this Capitol Rotunda not once but twice in the wake of January 6th. Once to honor Officer Brian Sicknick, who lost his life the day after the attack. And a second time to honor Officer Billy Evans, who lost his life defending this Capitol as well. We think about the others who lost their lives and were injured. And everyone living with the trauma of that day, from those defending this Capitol to members of Congress in both parties and their staffs, to reporters, cafeteria workers, custodial workers, and their families. Don't kid yourself. The pain and scars from that day run deep. As I conclude, I want to acknowledge our fallen heroes of that day. U.S. Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick, U.S. Capitol Police Officer Howard Livingood, Metropolitan Officer Jeffrey Smith, U.S. Capitol Police Officer Billy Evans of a later assault. Now I ask all members to rise for a moment of silence in their memory. Yeah. Now look, I'm against death. You don't like it. Mm -mm. Um, The fact that three people died Mm -hmm. is, that's a tragedy. I don't like death by any means whatsoever. But when you compare that to Pearl Harbor... Still not. Still not the same and thing. September 11th. <laughs> it's just insanity. The other problem, 
the main problem with that second clip is Biden, the way that he said this, was it was really true. Whoever wrote those words for him, they did a pretty good job. But uh, he said Jill and I had came there to pay honor to two officers that had died in the wake of January 6th. And he says Brian Sicknick. And then he says Billy Evans. And so what the way that you say that, it sounds like those people both died on January 6th or as a result of that attack. But the issue is Billy Evans died in April when a follower of the Nation of Islam rammed his car into a barricade and hit him with their car in, in April later on. But he said he came there to honor two that had died in the wake of January 6th, meaning after January 6th. But he lumped it into a conversation about the anniversary of January 6th and talked about them giving the ultimate sacrifice. So they can get more people. So he can talk about more people. And then you hear Nancy Pelosi doing this again, lumping it in uh, Billy Evans once again. In a later assault. In a later assault, which doesn't mean that it's not January 6th or whatever. No one really knows the names of everyone. And then there's the whole questions about Brian Sicknick in the first place. Listen, I've seen Shooter plenty of times. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Not as many times as you have, yeah. But I've seen it quite a few times. Anyway, I'm not, uh, you know, not throwing anything else out there. Okay, that's dumb bleep number two for the year. Is this nine eleven, Jan six, twelve? You think they were buried in the damn desert out past Erlingua? I still got the shovel. <laughs> All right, who wants to talk? Well, if we're being honest, I think kamala was reading the shortest list of men's names ever because her personal list is much longer <laughs> oh man you see hey, go he believes his son Bo died in iraq too that's true that's you know it's kind of sad when you see old people get into that stage in their in their lives in this case they know how they worded this thing in the wake of january i mean what does that mean it's all intentional it's, Anyone who died afterwards, they could they could name it. And they're not going to mention the fact, like, oh, this guy had posted about, you know, being a follower of Nation of Islam, you know, Farrakhan follower, why he was running his car uh, into the barricade. That part doesn't matter. It's probably the fault of the, uh, probably if he was in an SUV, it probably just happened to run through the police officers that were there. I mean, he probably got the idea from the January 6th attackers. That's what it was. He was just following up. It's copycat kind yeah. of thing. I got you. Because once you know that it's vulnerable, then you, you know. Yeah. So. All right. We're going to, let me walk you through how this happened. So I'm on Twitter, old Twitter. Is this number three? This is number three. I'm walking through, uh, I'm going through old Twitter and I see Stacey Abrams is trending. I'm like, what'd she say this time? The OG Twitter? OG Twitter. Yeah. Okay. And why is Stacey Abrams trending? Well, here's old Twitter's explanation. Georgia gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams said there is no such thing as a fetal heartbeat at six weeks of pregnancy, and doctors agree one doesn't exist during this early stage of pregnancy, reports from NBC News and NPR confirm. So that is the story. Here's what I hear uh, on Twitter. There's no such thing as fetal heartbeat, and doctors confirm that this is true. And that's the sum up of why she is trending on Twitter. That's it. Uh, the next thing, okay, so I looked this up. I see Huffington Post. Stacey Abrams is enraging Republicans by citing the science on fetal heartbeats. Is that Dr. Fauci? Probably exactly whatever <laughs> whatever it is that Fauci said is uh, what's going on. Let's hear what she had to say. There is no such thing as a heartbeat in six weeks. It is a manufactured 
sound designed to convince people that men have the right to take control of a woman's body away from her. Oh my God. Okay. There is no, no, such no. Stop. Stop, Stacey. There is no <laughs> such thing. All right. Now, those two previous things we saw, they didn't exactly tell me all the other stuff that she said. The The Twitter one said, she said there's no such thing as a fetal heartbeat in six weeks. The doctors confirm that she's right. And it's just then, made up to control women's bodies. They didn't talk about that part. The trending Twitter, why is this trending, is because she said that there is no such thing as a fetal heartbeat. And doctors confirm that she is correct about this. That's all you see on the trending topic. The next thing, Huffington Post, Republicans are mad because Stacey Abrams cited the science on fetal heartbeats. Mm -hmm. That's why they're mad. Now, what percentage of people do you think actually read articles, Charlie? Point uh, one. Something like that. Yeah. Okay, how, point one. I'd say that's probably right. This is, for, this is for you. You can go ahead. All right. Whenever you want. So Georgia Democrat Stacey Abrams caused a stir among conservatives this week for repeating what medical experts have said about so-called fetal heartbeats. Might be better if you read from the actual note thing, by the way. From which one in in our notes? Yes. Yeah. Well, I need to be able to pull that up. For a <laughs> You're probably able to. Because I'm not prepared for that. How are you not prepared? Well, I'm... Classic Chuck, just was, unprepared. Was going off of the... <laughs> I was going off Classic. of our teleprompter. This, this is shows me up and... screenshotting the website. This is me okay. taking out pointless things that don't need to be said. Okay, I'm ready now. All right. All right. There is no such thing <laughs> as a heartbeat at six weeks, Abrams said during a panel discussion. It is a manufactured sound designed to convince people that men have the right to take control of a woman's body away from her. Talking heads on Fox News cast her as an anti-science conspiracy theorist. Conservative commentator Megan McCain called her a very sick person. And Senator Roger Marshall from Kansas, a doctor known for spreading misinformation about abortion, a doctor known for spreading misinformation <laughs> about abortion. Not no, about, que no question. Yeah, wondered, quote, why do radical Dems hate unborn babies? But according to... Uh, OB and gynecology experts, Abrams is correct in saying there is no heartbeat at six weeks. At that stage of the embryo's development, the chambers and valves of the heart, the opening and closing of which create the heartbeat sound, don't exist yet. Abrams was arguing against the use of fetal heartbeat rhetoric in anti-abortion legislation. The term is used to contest abortion rights in Georgia and elsewhere. But doctors say that at six weeks, there is an embryo, not a fetus, and it emits electrical pulses rather than a heartbeat. A rhythmic noise can be heard via an ultrasound machine at six weeks. But according to the American College of OB and GYs, is, it's clinically inaccurate to use the word heartbeat to describe that sound. That's clinically inaccurate. Mm -hmm. Dr. Verma, an OBGYN in Atlanta, explained to NBC News in April that the sound people hear during ultrasounds, so people do actually hear a sound. There is something happening. During ultrasounds at six weeks of pregnancy is manufactured by the ultrasound machine. <laughs> it's an electrical pulse that's translated into the sound we're hearing from the ultrasound machine. So why do doctors sometimes refer to this pulse as a heartbeat? So. You remember, here's what I'm wondering, you know, uh, uh, EMTs is some type of emergency. You know, you're, if you're listening right now, you know, your husband, something happens. And they're like, I can't find a pulse. And you're like, yeah, but what about his heartbeat? 
I'm like, oh, no, heartbeat's fine. Those are totally different things. <laughs> yeah. Everything's fine. This electrical pulse that's translated into the sound we're hearing from the ultrasound machine, every sound that I said this when we talked about it last time, I don't want to freak you out, but I'm not actually with you right now. This is an electrical pulse that has been translated into a sound that you're hearing in mm. your ears at yeah. the moment. Yes. That is how sounds happen. That's what they are. <laughs> the vibrations. They're vibrations. That's what they are. Now, in this case, it's an electrical pulse, and it hears that, and it translates it back out into a sound, I guess. That's what you want to call it. But this is all just the control. They didn't even spend any time on the fact that she said this is manufactured to control women. Do you realize that means that all the OBs got out, got out there, the people who make the ultrasound machines, they all came together. They had this backdoor meeting with their cigars and their brandy and all that stuff. And they said, here's what we're going to do. Everyone agree on this sound. When you hear this electrical impulse thing, we're going to make it make this sound out there. It's going to sound similar to what people might think a heartbeat is. It's all guys talking. Of course, they're the only people involved in the ultrasound machine industry. And they write the software code, just dudes, because they're coding. They put that in there. And all of these people are working together to create this fake sound on these machines for the goal. They all have the same goal, and that's to control women and try to get more babies to be born. Because these evil men, what they want more than anything is for women to not be able to abort children. Yeah. <laughs> And how terrible. How can you argue with that? And they've been thinking about that for, you know, centuries. Yeah. Men. We just now got the technology, but I mean, this has been on the list. If you go back to the olden times, they would sit around fires and discuss <laughs> how could they emulate <clears throat> a sound mm -hmm. that would keep the mother from wanting to kill their child. Now, you're not a father. Thank you. Um, but uh, if those of you that are fathers who have ever been to the, the first ultrasound... Um, the tech literally tells you, they're like, oh, listen, do you hear that? That's the heartbeat. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and typically they do this between six, six to 10 weeks, somewhere around there, um, is when you get your first appointment. And uh, it even says in there that it's, that it lets them know that there's cardiac activity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, now if you go in, works. if you go into that <laughs> appointment, and you have a, a positive pregnancy test, positive urine pregnancy test, but they do not hear that sound. It is very concerning for the tech and the doctor, by the way. Well, it just means there's something wrong with the <clears throat> controlling machine software that they put in there. That's what they do, you know? Yeah. yeah. Especially the female OBGYNs, they go into the back room. Well, because they're being controlled. They by call the, their, their guys. They call the, you know, the male doctors, and they're like, oh, my God. Is there something wrong with the machine? Well, they or? have a tribunal. They have this panel of judges that decide whether or not they're going to portray the sound. Yeah, depending on the the person's strengths and capabilities. Yeah, so right. I, I think your kids are a little bit older, right? But um, we just had a baby six months ago, and ninety nine percent of the people you interact with in the like prenatal or just the process of having a baby is a woman. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. almost all of them. But have you considered what is a woman? So yeah, I'm not a biologist. I'm out of here. Okay. Uh, okay. 
Good answer. That didn't make it to the final four, but it, it uh, you know, it did pretty well. Yeah. Pretty well in the votes. We had some great, some great selections this year, everyone. This is Good a tough job. year. A mm-hmm. tough year for Dumb Bleep. <laughs> it's been tough. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're g- hey guys, uh, Magoo here. I got to, I got to defend my two term governor down here in the state of Georgia. Repeat back to back winner. Of course, everyone knows this. <laughs> I believe Stacy believes what she's saying because no doctor on the face of the planet has ever been able to find a prenatal heartbeat on her. <laughs> uh, that's not a fat joke. I'm, or maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> it's not her fault. She truly believes it, Charlie. I'm glad you announced your name before that. That was Magoo. Magoo. Yeah. And as everyone know, I mean, they probably enjoyed the time. How many times have we played their show on air because charlie was gone or something like that was it too just many too many it could have been two it could have just been one magoo you're on here tell everyone about your show let's throw in an ad for the person who's here to talk right now oh well thank you very much gentlemen uh yeah i also am on a horrible bad terrible you should not listen to it around children podcast called ignore the rant we say all the words that you're not allowed to say and we don't edit them out uh so yet again, Nate, thank you for letting me uh, let your fine audience of upstanding individuals know where they can go lose their soul. There you go. If you got any left um, from our podcast, I mean, listen, we edit some, we do edit sometimes. The other day, it was a Tuesday's episode. I, I let an F-bomb slip like five minutes into the show. You took that out? I released it originally with it in there, and I was like, oh, what about my mom? Nate censoring, you know, <laughs> censoring Self, himself. Self-censorship. Well, in a family, you know, families are communist. And so that's uh, that's the way that you should run your family. That's dumb bleep number three. Let's go on to number I, four. Well, and let me, let me piggyback off what they said earlier, which is <clears throat> Parker is six now. Even six years ago, I didn't encounter a single male. That's not true. The pediatrician who came in to check on him, I don't know, when he was a day old, mm. um, from our pediatrician's office. So you just so been they, dealing with all his hoes the whole time that's, then. That's right. And he finally came in. Yeah. That's the only male we encountered, I think, the entire time. Literally. Yeah. I got you. All the nurses, all the PAs, all the nurse practitioners, all the the doctors that we encountered, all every single one of them were... They appeared to be women. Well, they've been indoctrinated, Charlie. They don't have any choice anyway. Yeah. You, you think that they have choice, but they don't. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Don't you wish life came with a user manual? I've needed that a lot. Trust me. Stuff goes wrong, even for myself and the other co-hosts here at Good Morning Liberty. Unfortunately, we don't get that user manual. You just kind of figure it out on your own. Hope you're making the best decisions. Maybe it's a career change or relationship. You could be a new parent. Pretty easy to get stuck. We don't have that user manual, but we do have better help. Therapists can help you figure out that whole stuck feeling, help you build better coping skills, and work through those tough decisions. I have done therapy before. Some of the best things I've done in my life, some of the best changes that I've made were because I was talking to a therapist. It was not easy when I did it. It was actually pretty tough. I didn't know how it was going to work out, but I am really glad that I did it. It's not about a therapist making decisions for you. It's about becoming a healthy version of yourself so you can make the best decisions on your own. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online, plus it's affordable. 
Just fill out the brief questionnaire to the match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. Couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash GML. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash GML. Now, let's not, for Dumbleat number four, we're not going to talk about how uh, for a year or two, we ruined your child's education, probably set them back, maybe even changed their entire lives, or how you missed your grandparents' funeral, or maybe your husband or loved one died alone without you by their side, or how your business went under, or how your family lost their jobs, or the inflation that we're dealing with right now and our terrible economic problems. Could have died of cardiac arrest or cancer or something because you didn't get screened. It could have died of suddenly. A lot of people have been dying suddenly lately. Yeah. We're not going to talk about any of that stuff. We instead are going to declare a pandemic amnesty. That's what we are going to have, Charlie. This is from The Atlantic. And I have to give a disclaimer because I went through Emily Oster's previous works. And she is not a crazy leftist nut job, close down everyone, let's be insane, uh, branch COVIDian. She's been very even saying, we need to talk about this, what's going on with our kids right now. We need to have some type of... Uh, common sense conversations and nuanced conversations about what we're doing. She hasn't been saying uh, all of this is ridiculous. We need to open everything up and the government shouldn't have this kind of control, but she has not also been on the crazy shut everyone down side. So I, if this one were to win, I just want to say it's difficult for me to decide whether or not it goes to the Atlantic proper or if it goes to Emily Oster, the, the author. I mean, she put it out. She is the one who wrote it. It goes to her. Yeah. Yeah. That's her fault. Yeah. All right. So in April, now nope. she, uh, she writes a few things. Can we and, do this with Jan 6? What? Let's declare a Jan, a Jan 6, 6 amnesty. amnesty. That's genius. There were good people on both sides. There were fine people on both sides, yeah, weren't there? There and were. And they were just, you know, some of them just ended up being wrong. Let's focus on the future. But they believed what they believed and it was a confusing time. It was. It's a lot of uncertainty going on. Yeah. Okay. In April 2020, with nothing else to do, my family took an enormous number of hikes. We all wore cloth masks that I had made myself. We had a family hand signal, which the person in front would use if someone was approaching on the trail and we needed to put on our masks. Okay, she can get the dumb bleep. That's fine. <laughs> These precautions were totally misguided. In April 2020, no one got the coronavirus from passing someone else hiking. Outdoor transmission was vanishingly rare. If ever, our cloth masks made out of old bandanas wouldn't have done anything anyway. But the thing is, we didn't know. Charlie, there And was, neither did the CDC. no way of knowing about the cloth bandanas, right, no. Charlie? Mm-mm. You just, you just got to go with it because it somehow makes sense, yep. right? Yep. Okay, some of these choices turned out better than others. Take To take an example, there's an emerging, if not universal, consensus that schools in the U.S. were closed for too long. The health risks of in-school spread were relatively low, whereas the cost of students' well-being and educational progress were high. But in spring and summer 2020, we had only glimmers of information. Reasonable people, people who cared about children and teachers, advocated on both sides. There were fine people on both sides. She literally said it. Yeah. Okay, she didn't literally said it, but she almost said it. Reasonable people. Reasonable people on both sides. Another example, when the vaccines came out, 
we lack definitive data on the relative efficacies of the J&J shot versus the mRNA options. Actually, they lacked definitive data on anything. On all of it. The mRNA vaccines have won out, but at the time, many people in public health were either neutral or expressed a J&J preference. This messed up wasn't nefarious. It was the result of uncertainty. Yeah. I pose the question in here. Were they expressing their uncertainty? Because now they look back and they say, oh, well, those are uncertain times. I don't know if you paid attention to what people were saying, but it sounded like things were pretty damn certain. That's what I heard anyway. Mm. Obviously. And if you didn't go along with it, mm -hmm. then you were ostracized. That's how certain it was. That's how certain it was. Obviously, some people intended to mislead and made wildly irresponsible claims. Remember when the public health community had to spend a lot of time and resources urging Americans not to inject themselves with bleach? So she does bring up Trump's bleach comment, which I don't remember the context of that comment. I'm pretty sure it was uh, fairly clear that was a joke or was not a serious well, he also recommendation. Said, he also I watched the, that press conference live. He also said, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Uh, I don't know. And he was just like, it, this may make sense. I don't know. He literally said, I don't know. Well, listen, if anyone did inject themselves with bleach, I think we're just going to let old Darwin work that one out yeah, for us. Yeah. That was bad. Misinformation was and remains a huge problem, but most errors were made by people who were working in earnest for the good of society. They were working for the good of society, mm -hmm. Charlie. Yeah. It's fine. It sounds just like Jan 6. Given the amount of uncertainty, almost every position was taken on every topic. And on every topic, someone was eventually proved right and someone else was proved wrong. In some instances, the right people were right for the wrong reasons. <laughs> so what? Even the people who got stuff right, they were right for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Which can happen. That can't, you know, you could... At the very beginning, you could say, these vaccines are going to end up causing people to die suddenly. I'm not saying it's the vaccines doing that. I just saw it online, okay? It's going to end up causing... And at that point, you didn't have any more information than anyone else did. You're just making a prediction. And you could yeah. end up being right, right for the wrong reason. Like Alex Jones ends up getting... Ends up being right about some things. You're just throwing stuff up against the wall. Yeah. Or maybe he really does have all the information. I don't know. You know what I like doing? What? Is forcing people to do things in uncertainty. <laughs> that's, that's a yeah. great idea. Mm. That's what you should yes, do. Yes, we know, Chuck. We get it. You're an authoritarian. He yeah, is an authoritarian. Exactly. Yep. If he gets the shot, everyone has to get the shot. All right. The people who got it right, for whatever reason, they may want to gloat. But she, who was wrong, wants to let everyone that was right know that it's not a good idea to gloat. Those who got it wrong, for whatever reason, may feel defensive and retrench into a position that doesn't accord with the facts. That is also possible. In the face of so much uncertainty, getting something right had a hefty element of luck. And similarly, getting something wrong wasn't a moral failing. <laughs> Treating pandemic choices as a scorecard on which some people racked up more points than others is preventing us from moving forward. <laughs> yeah. That's easy to say when you're the one with less points on the sco scorecard, huh? Ah, that's a good idea. We'll talk more about that later. We have to put these fights aside and declare a pandemic amnesty. We can leave out the willful purveyors of actual misinformation. Who are those people? We have no clue. Apparently, it was every single person who didn't go along with exactly what Fauci was saying to do. Not really sure. Uh, let's see. Actual misinformation. While forgiving the hard calls that people had no choice but to make 
with imperfect knowledge. No choice. <laughs> no choice. No choice in the matter. L.A. County closed its beaches in the summer of 2020. Ex post facto, this makes no more sense than the family. Yes, it's only after the fact that you see that this makes no sense. No one else could see that it didn't make any sense at that time at all. This makes no more sense than my family's masks hike, mask hiking trips. But we need to learn from our mistakes and then let them go. We need to forgive the attacks, too. So you should forgive people when they wrong you. Uh, some people, I would say. The problem I have is what is it that you're forgiving? Because she says that we need to learn from the mistakes. Does she mean that we need to learn that when there is a coronavirus pandemic going around that you don't need to close beaches and that you don't need to put on your mask when you're hiking outside. Is that what she means you need to learn? Or does she mean you need to learn that when you are in times of uncertainty with imperfect knowledge and you don't have all the information that you shouldn't still force people to do things and potentially destroy their lives and treat them like they're crazy conspiracy theorists and ruin their lives and ban them from social media and all that, all while now you're saying, well, we didn't, we didn't really have all the information. No, it's, it's, we need to learn from our mistakes in the essence of like, don't chastise, chastise us for being wrong. And we can't admit our own fault here. I got you. It's hard for us to take accountability. So please go easy on me. I see. I see. But the That's, most important point is let's move on from this. Yes. And get on to January 6th. Let's forget about <laughs> it. Yeah. The standard saying is that those who forget history are doomed to repeat it. But dwelling on the mistakes of history can lead to a repetitive doom loop as well. Well, yeah. Let's acknowledge... Imagine if we said that about slavery. Let's, let's <laughs> not dwell on what I did to you for yeah. years, yeah. even though I haven't really learned my lesson and I would kindly do it again as soon as the option presents itself. Uh, let's acknowledge that we made a complicated that we made complicated choices in the face of deep uncertainty and then try to work together to build back and move forward. And, you know, this is, you know, now in light of all the Twitter files and everything, it makes this even crazier. It does. Right? Because you're like, not only were not not only were people, you know, told they were wrong, but it was like they were also being suppressed and they couldn't share that information. And then they talked about that and they're like, oh, well, that's just a conspiracy theory. And I saw this video with Elon the other day. He said, name one conspiracy theory about Twitter that didn't come out, that didn't turn out to be true. Name one. There isn't one. Every single one of them have turned out to be true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this pandemic amnesty is cool and all, but the climate change amnesty in 2035 is going to be off the chain. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone get ready for that. Yeah. They're just, they don't really, they're, it's uncertain times right now. The weather, it's hard to predict the weather. Charlie. It is. Yeah. You've got to forgive them. Yeah. Okay. They didn't have all the data. Yeah. And now that all the time has gone by. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. That's a really good point. It's like the thieves on the cross, you know, <laughs> father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Yeah. Those are the four dumbs from this year. That's the final Four, as T Dub says there in the chat. Sorry for all the people we starved. <laughs> really sorry. It's it's pretty. It, one, it's convenient for the people who want the pandemic amnesty. Clearly, because the call is coming from someone who thought that you should do all of these things. Mm -hmm. But and I, there are people who I would forgive for listening to what the experts were telling them. 
because that I'm not saying that they're just crazy for saying, well, the CDC said that you should do this. That is a fairly normal thing for most people who aren't libertarians or conservatarians or whatever they are. That's a normal thing for people to take semi-seriously. So I can forgive them for taking those seriously. Who I will not extend the amnesty to are the people that were in positions of authority and power over other people's lives. Those are the ones that don't get the amnesty because they knew what the lowly people didn't, some of us did, but they knew that they didn't have all the information. They do. They knew that they didn't know what the efficacy was and that they didn't do the long-term studies. And they knew all of that, and they still put all of that out there for people to follow. Well, the problem is, is that not, they didn't just put it out there. They forced. Yeah. That's the actual problem. Now, if they... You know, if they did Operation Warp Speed or whatever, and they're like, hey, this vaccine's available, we think it's better for you to take it than not to take it, but it's up to you. Like, that's all fine. Mm-hmm. But like, we don't, we don't know. We think that it might be better for you to take this vaccine than not take it because the potential outcome could be worse for you and your family. If you don't take it, we have no idea. Imagine how many people probably would have got the vaccine. I probably would have gotten but, the vaccine at but that the point. the whole forcing it, and then to say, like, oh, sorry, we just didn't, you know, we, we, no one could, no one knew. No way of knowing. This is uncertain times. Imagine, imagine Hitler being like, <laughs> uh, you know, it was, it was uncertain times. So what we need from our, uh, from the authoritarians up there is a little bit of humility, but as we have talked about several times they cannot be humble because that means that they can be wrong and if they can be wrong you can question every single thing that they say which means they've lost all their power and so they cannot do that that is why these people in positions of power are going to do they're going to authoritate that's what authoritarians do they they authoritate (laughs) they authoritate stuff Chuck, honestly we don't have to look that far back for uh, hit for hitler we had trump for four years (laughs) and we have santos now we don't have to look that far for yeah yeah that's very Mm -hmm. true it has not been that long you no. think we would have learned the lessons, but we're still coming out of these times. When we go back and we look through the Trump Hitler times, the new Hitler times, we'll be able to talk about it in the way that we used that we used to be able to talk about Hitler, uh, you know, as if it were something that happened. And there will be no amnesty ago. for that. No Trump amnesty. There's going to be no J six amnesty. None of that. But we need pandemic and climate change amnesty. That's those are the two that we all really have Amen. to work on. Let's get these votes in. Number one was the uh, brown babies would be better off aborted than growing up with a white evangelical family. Number two are the dates which will live in infamy, which are 9-11, 12-7, and Jan 6. Coupled with that was the, uh, the mentions of Billy Evans, who died in April, tragically, after someone rammed their car into the barricade, but that was lumped in with January 6. Number three is Stacey Abrams, and the fetal heartbeat. And number four is the pandemic amnesty. Anyone who is uh, ready to tell, to give your reasoning for your vote, uh, I will just, well, it's kind of tough. I guess whoever starts talking and wins, you can give the reasoning for your vote. I'll go. All right. So, first of all, I think I need to say how misogynistic this entire group is because you'll notice all four of the dumbs are women. Um, <laughs> so, nice. Just think about that, all you folks. 
I am voting for um, Jan 6 equals 9-11. I think Joe Lehman had an incredible run. I mean, we're talking St. Peter's, George Mason run to the final four from an unknown. Mm-hmm. I think Stacey Abrams should get a, a Lifetime Achievement Award for Dumb Leap, <laughs> though I'm not voting for her. Well, no matter what happens, she's the actual winner anyway. <laughs> right, of course. Um, I think the pandemic amnesty is pretty pretty darn dumb, but at least they're admitting that there was wrongs that, that happened, although that article is really condescending and still wrong about a lot of things. But for that reason, I'm voting for Jan 6. I think that's the story of the year with the dumb that comes out of the thinking that it's anyways comparable to 9-11 or um, Pearl Harbor. So that one gets my vote. All right, Dave. Thank you. Great points. Great points for is, sure. Is there any way that I can I saw make a changing. verbal argument? Uh, go, ahead. go ahead. Vote? Go ahead, Magoo. All right. Uh, Dave brings up a pretty good point that I didn't notice when I was voting. Uh, is there any way to divide my vote into fourths? Just because it is all women, and I think that's hilarious, and I think that they sh- there shouldn't even be a winner, you know, equality and all. Well, technically, you could just vote for all four of them, I guess. You can you can put a vote on all of them. Problem solved. <laughs> what's your what's your you. what's your vote, Magoo? My vote is for the pandemic amnesty, not just because it's dumb, but it's the probably single most. Uh, important thing that's happened over the last three years, maybe even in our entire lives uh, since 9-11, where I think it it's going to have a negative effect from their intended purpose, and that is it's going to wake up, or it has woken up so many people that they may be miscalculated. They probably thought more people were going to go along with it, and now they're going to have to get better at lying to hold the population at bay. And I think with the Twitter files happening and everything else coming to light that's not a surprise to us or anybody that listens to your show because you'll break this down every day it's hopefully going to be nice to see other normies that used to not pay attention to any of this start to kind of follow i guess our suit and and question things before immediately just adopting them and uh, demanding others follow in their in their wake good points what do you think chuck I think I have to go with <laughs> no, no, great, great points. I mean, I do like the idea about the about people thinking about the fact that you can be wrong about things. I mean, that is that is really good. It is important in one light. I have to say, I appreciate the pandemic amnesty article because it is important to admit that you're wrong, even though they didn't really a bit admit. of a slanted yeah admittance yeah overall yeah. But it is important to throw that idea that you can be it's, wrong out there. I mean. That that article is totally emotional abuse. <laughs> it is. It's, it's like pure narcissism. It, it is. It's like, hey, you know, yeah, yeah. I might, you know, I might have cheated on you. <laughs> might be right about that. Mm-hmm. But let's just forget that and move on. Yeah. But if we dwell on that, yeah. Plus, then was how, it really so ridiculous for me to cheat on you in the first place? Right. You know. Right. It was uncertain whether or not <laughs> we would stay together. <laughs> Sorry, I guess you just didn't want the jab, and somebody else did. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you got people begging for jabs out there. All right, who else else has got a reason for their vote? 
Uh, for me, it's got to be the one six because partially because it's, we have the two year anniversary next year. Let's go. <laughs> and and uh, it's like one of those things where it's they won't let it go. They can't let it go. They need it. The pandemic amnesty is they're they're like okay, well they're admitting they're wrong. At least this person is, and they're like, but. Also, where I'm also right, <laughs> but they can at least admit they're wrong in certain aspects. One six, they won't let it go. They think they're right about it. Also, citing someone who died a week later to a what was it, Nation of Islam supporter? It's like four months later. It was a few months sets, later. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things that just sets me off even more about it. Well, and to compare it to to you know nine eleven and also Pearl Harbor, it's, I think that's why it has to be the dumbest. Tell you what, I, I watched the 9-11 videos today because I was going to cut some stuff to play for the for the podcast as a comparison, and it gets you going again. I mean, I remember, yeah, I remember watching that, and I mean, you didn't really realize how terrible it was at that time, especially if you were like a sophomore in high school, uh, like I was at that time. But um, I like I like those ideas, I like those reasonings, and uh, Charlie and I will give our votes after everyone else is done. I don't want to sway anyone's opinions. Although I think I've already left my thumbs up on one of them, so uh, any anyway, wait, Costco was that Costco talking? I think so. Costco, you didn't have anything else you needed to say. That's it. Also, vote for Chuck instead. Number five, okay. true definitely <laughs> for the year winner. Yes. Okay, I just want to make sure you, you had a chance to speak. <laughs> Who else has got something? Any reason? Uh, you know, I'll speak for uh, number one. The it's better to abort brown babies and to have them live with a white family. You know, it's just, um, maybe this is my disgusting bleep of the year, but, uh, it's just so terrible when it shows their just absolute inability to, I don't know, uh, confront any other ideas. Uh, maybe it's, I just think it's really disgusting, but I also want to talk about the one six nine eleven thing. Uh, it's, I'm a young guy. I'm 26 years old, so I barely remember uh, 9/11, and but I do know like the kind of gravity of the that event and kind of the road it sent this country on. And a lot of the younger people who are going into the voting block now, they have no idea what that's like. I mean, we have 18 year olds that were born in what nine, uh, 2002. It's four now, right? Oh jeez, yeah. yeah. two thousand four. My si- my sister's actually about to turn eighteen in April. So yeah, it's crazy. crazy. I'm actually the oldest. I'm the oldest of four. Oh, I'm twenty two. All three that... of my siblings all weren't alive for nine eleven. There's there's just wow. it, it's not fresh in people's minds, and the authoritarians are really just going to squeeze this one six for as much as it is, and because it's so far away in recent history these young kids are just going to latch onto it. Do you think every generation, do you think the government needs every generation to have that nine 11 type event? Absolutely. Yeah. They, they really do because it's a uniting force and it gives them a reason to join the authority. Um, I totally agree. I think that they will come up with something and this is what they've jumped on for the for the young generations 911 that that gives them now authority you know before it was uh, sure we can maybe snoop your cell phone records or your phone records whatever but also they can go into other countries fight all these crazy wars uh, because of 911 
And now for the newer generation, it's really moving more into the censorship and social media aspect with this new 9-11, which is January 6th. Because now we have domestic it's terrorists. A, yes, it's tailor-made for what they need to keep their control right mm-hmm. now. Yep. Yeah. Right. Well, and instead of an Assange or, uh, you know, these other high-profile tech people coming out and kind of showing us what the government's doing, we're relying on tech billionaires to come out and do that for us. And they don't even trust the media because they're releasing it to random journalists on the Internet. Yep. I like that he's trying to prop up some of these journals. I hope they all end up being good people. It's cool. But I did want to say one thing for your vote for number one. I agree. Uh, it's tough because it is so disgusting. If you were to go with the most disgusting nature uh, like thing for someone to say, I think that it, it, it's. I think that one would win with me. And I guess by default that makes it very dumb. But it, it is higher on the disgusting meteor to me. Almost so disgusting that calling it dumb does a disservice to it in a way. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean, it's gross. Mm. Yeah. Anyone else? I, I see votes changing. Are they? That's, yeah. that's why I wanted to do this before we yeah. announce it. I think it'd be pretty cool for people I think, to I think argue. The, I think the pandemic amnesty was in fresh in everyone's mind. So when I first looked at the votes, that was, that was leading. Yeah. But now the arguments for Jan 6 here. All right. Anyone yeah, else come on. have an argument to throw out there for, for either one of the those two? Okay. Uh, we're going to, if, if if that's it, Charlie's going to call. I don't even have that page open. I got that page open. So Charlie's going to have to call it. Dumb bleep of the year. Winner. Goes to. I don't even know which one's winning right now. Jan 6. Jan two. 6. So that, does that go to Kamala Harris who compared it? Jan six equals nine eleven. I think I think Kamala because of the the way she opened that speech. It, yeah, it does. But honestly, I think it's going to be hilarious to get a uh, statuette to Kamala. <laughs> now here is the confusing part about this one. Now someone else can prove me wrong if they want to, but I went all the way through. I went all the way through, and I did not see in the Dumb Bleep channel a submission from any of y'all in the group, I saw this is one that I brought in to talk about. So you get a trophy. I know who brought in the uh, brown babies. <clears throat> that was Costco. I know that uh, I know that Stacey Abrams, that one was first mentioned by Daisy. And I know that also the pandemic amnesty was brought in first by Costco. But I did not see any mentions we'll we'll look through i think i did submit a daily wire article about the one six equaling 9 11 and 12 and pearl harbor i think i will confirm not sure though we'll confirm uh just to be just to be sure i'm not saying that that's the final answer i was kind of skimming through really quickly earlier costco really wants a trophy with my face on it (laughs) it's gonna have a handwritten note and a a, a shirt with charlie's face on it boatloads of love from chuck there we go (laughs) all right the dumb does anyone remember who won 2021 i don't anyone remember wasn't it colbert for the Oh, vaccine vaccine. Dance. Was that it? Was uh, that yeah, what? Set to the music when they're dancing around the show. Okay. Vaccine. You know that apparently he keeps doing it. It's still a thing on his show. Is it really? Huh? I haven't seen I that. I think so. I I saw a tweet about it. I don't watch any of that anymore. None of it. 
Um, yeah, I wanted to confirm and just see. I thought that maybe it was going to be uh, a girl again that won. But let's see. Dumb Bleep of the Year. The people have spoken. This is Dumb Bleep. I just found the episode right quick. Wanted to confirm this. Yeah, proof Colbert's a man. Well, Colbert is basically a woman anyways, so he looks like <laughs> Rachel Maddow. Honestly, I shouldn't be gendering anyone, you know. As we move into 2023, it's, it gets more and more dangerous. It's a new, new so, mate. Yeah, can't even say sir or ma'am or anything like no that. No gendering anyone? And if you want to be in the Marines. So uh, I, think that's, I think that's all we got. That's everything. That's it. How do we end it when there's people here with us? What do we do? So Kamala is going to get a trophy. She's going to get a trophy, and we'll see if this was introduced by probably Costco. We'll see. All right, good job, everyone. Thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us and doing Dumb Bleep of the Year. We did recaps. We we did, uh, yeah, pretty much you've had the ability to go through and listen to every single one of the Dumb Bleep winners throughout the weeks, the people in the live group who joined via joingmail.com or some other mode that we used to have. Uh, those people have been voting, narrowing this down all the way to the final four. And now we got the vote on it for Dumb Bleep of the Year, and we're going to send a trophy. It will not have any flour or sugar or anything in it when we send it over to <laughs> Kamala. Promise it's just going to be a trophy. If anyone from her office is listening, Secret Service, we've talked about it several times. It's it's just a trophy. It's just a trophy. That's it. Right? That's, yeah. That's, yeah. Just a trophy. <laughs> right. Also, uh, the the folks in the live group got to join. Yeah, that's that was, fun. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. Uh, so if you guys want to do that, join gmail.com. Uh, do all the other things we've told you to do throughout the year. I'm not going to repeat them. Don't make me repeat <laughs> myself, okay? And uh, it looks like we'll be back again next year. That's, Good one, Dad. Yeah, nice. next year. So I hope you all have a happy <laughs> new year. <laughs> Until then, have a good one. And uh, and a good one, Liberty. <laughs> and, a good, and a good one, Liberty. Yeah. Duck sucks. Copy. <laughs> <laughs> Just clap for that, you stupid bastard.